God bless you. It feel good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Praise God. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, tonight. And I want you to go over to Second uh, Samuel, Second Samuel, the twenty-second chapter. Second Samuel, the twenty-second chapter. As you're turning there, I'm going to give you a couple of quick announcements. Uh, we have for those individuals who enjoy reading, uh, we had a, a fresh batch of books dropped off today. And so if you want any of those books, we're going to extend our, uh, our time with them. And so please go by, pick out whatever you want. Whatever is left in the next couple of weeks, we're going to go ahead and just donate. A lot of good resources in there. Uh, this weekend's outreach is going to be Burgers and Bibles over at J. Lou Park, and that's going to be from noon to 3. And then uh, Empty Nesters is having their kickoff, and that's going to be uh, this Saturday as well at 5 p.m., Food is provided. Just come with your ideas. And then we're also excited to announce, and we'll hopefully announce again uh, Sunday, uh, that starting a new uh, branch, I guess you would say, a new reach for the ladies. Uh, it's going to be a ladies Bible study each Tuesday. Patricia Wilson is working with uh, our ladies ministry, and uh, that's going to be from beginning at noon on March the 22nd. And so come and just be prepared uh, to be blessed. Amen? All right. Let's look in 2 Samuel, the 22nd. I'm going to switch microphones. Now, I woke up with a question. Don't you love that? <clears throat> just wake up with a question. I, I love when the Lord just, just when you get up and you get to moving around and your, your thoughts haven't quite you haven't quite focused on the day and then the Lord just asked a question what if what if now this passage that I, I'm ministering for I, I feel like I could probably go to any any passage and, and draw the same conclusion with this message but I, I'm going to this one because it's kind of been germinating for and kind of simmering on the pot for a few few weeks and so I want to look at this uh, this passage here in 2 Samuel, the 22nd chapter. Now, if you will note, and if you study it out, you'll see that the reference to this will be Psalms 18. Some believe that David wrote Psalms 18 in his younger days, and then towards the end of his life, because the next chapter will be his final words, that he was rehearsing, he was coming back and praising God for everything that he had done. And how many know that God will give you things and then he'll bring them to remembrance. He'll bring them to remembrance and he'll set them before you and, and, and remind you, do you remember when? You remember when? Uh, you remember when? Now, I'm not going to read all of his, uh, all of this in Second uh, Samuel, the 22nd chapter, but I want to read these three verses and show you where I, I, I stopped. Uh, the Lord halted me. It says, now on the day the Lord delivered him, David, from the hand of all his enemies. And from the hand of Saul, David spoke to the Lord these words of this song. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, the God of my salvation in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation my fortress and my sanctuary, my Savior, 
you saved me from violence. Amen. Does that sound okay? I'm getting a little bit of ringing. If you can't hear it out there, I'm good with it, okay? Ringing just a little bit. If y'all can adjust the ringing, I appreciate that. But, you know, you call to mind David's experience, and you find out that he was called. We, we see him first show up. He's there, and, and Jesse's he's not in the house. He's in the field, and he's tending the sheep for his father. They show up to get a king, and Saul, uh, Samuel anoints him as king. Next thing you know, he's playing the harp for Saul. He, he's playing the harp for Saul because somebody spotted him out in the field and said, hey, that young man's got something resting on his life. Now he, he is back standing before a, a giant named Goliath. We love that story, as you well know, if you tend to hear any length of time. He fails the giant, and now he becomes Saul's armor bearer. Saul gets, Saul gets a little jealous. He, he doesn't do right. He starts throwing spears, and you don't throw a spear at you once, fine. Throw, throw a spear at you twice, then you don't get out of the room. So he took off and, and found himself uh, wandering for years trying to escape Saul. Next thing you know, he is the, Saul has passed, and now he's the king of Judah. Seven years later, he becomes the king of all of Israel. Now, he, he is not a perfect man. He had failure in his life, and, and we see that he committed murder, and he committed uh, adultery, and the Lord brought him back. He came to an altar of repentance, and then his son rose up against him. His son was perished in battle, and now... David brings his walk back into the kingdom, set back in the place that God had positioned him. His kingdom was restored, and he had been promised that there would be an eternal kingdom that come forth from him. From his, there would be a son that rises up, and we know that that's the son. But as I begin to pray and prepare for this message tonight, and I know we've kind of been talking along in different areas, changing the conversation talked about righteousness Sunday morning probably talking about righteousness again this Sunday morning but also we've been changing the conversation but last week we talked to you about nothing missing I hope you got something out of that I hope you understand that when you come into Christ there is nothing missing in you but a few thoughts as the Lord began to stir in me today as I was preparing and this this is all going to kind of link together he said, emotions, emotions provoke behavior. Do you agree with that? Emotions provoke behavior. And at best, emotions at least influence our behavior. How much do you think you could accomplish if it wasn't for these old dreaded emotions? Probably things we wouldn't want to accomplish, amen? They're there, the governor's guides. But see, my thoughts govern uh, my thoughts are the governor or emotions are attached to my thoughts. So if I have an emotion, it's attached to a thought. I mean, I can walk into a room and, and you can walk into a room and, and, and we may see a dog in the corner and man, I might just be overly afraid of that dog. And you and see the thought, maybe my experience about that dog has caused me to, uh, to, to not like dogs. But you may come in and just like, come here, Poochie, come here, Rover, and just love that dog. You know what I mean? In the same room, same scenario, but different thoughts that are going on that evoke different emotions in that situation. Hmm. Giselle can't hear me. Switch to the handheld. Okay. All right, as we look here, my thoughts, do what? 
know if I could do it again. So, all right. Emotions provoke behavior. At best, they influence our behavior. Our emotions are attached to our thoughts. Amen. Our emotions are attached to our thoughts. See, belief stems from my knowledge and my understanding that's gained through my information. Pull it out. Is there any other instructions you need? <laughs> Turn me up just a little bit. Maybe that'll help. Okay. Lord, I just pray that you help us to start over. Lord, we just we just press not we just rewind and start over. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. That's right. Third and fourth and fifth. I'm glad for that too. But see, what happens to you and I if we take misinformation and we apply it to our situation? That our, our emotions, many times, that are connected to those thoughts, that are connected deeply to our belief system, that are misinformed. So we face a situation, and it's God's fault. We face a situation, and it's someone else's fault. We face a situation, and it must be something flawed in us. And so we, we approach life many times that way. And as we approach life that way, that when I am misinformed, that information that I bring into me is information. That misinformation begins to derail or vanquish my victory. See, if I don't take the word of God the revelation which we understand to know that God reveals to you and I those things which are unknown and unknowable. Unknown and unknowable. God, as we pursue him, gathering information, the word of God, do you know what the Lord reveals to us? What he has for us in the word. He begins to reveal Christ and I have studied the word diligently for 30 years, and still I find so many things that God just begins to peel back and unfold. And some of those revelations that have come from, come on, Kunle, decades, decades that you study the word of God, and then all of a sudden, all of the pieces start coming together, and you're like, have those aha moments. See, we've got a, that misinformation defeats my victory but the Lord opened my day today with this question as I take the revelation of God's word that the Holy Spirit oh Holy Spirit God we need you in our day we need you in this hour we need you in these moments Lord, we are, Lord, if I can say it, I am desperate for, Lord, you to reveal yourself to me and to your people. But, Lord, you have called us, Lord God, to be the light that exhibits the life of Christ in this day. But what if, church, God loves me more 
than I can even fathom. Think about it just a moment. Think about just for a moment how much you may comprehend the love of God. But then what if you take just a step back and all of a sudden you discover that maybe, wait a minute, maybe I'm just scratching the surface of the limitless love of God for me. What if he loves me more than I can comprehend? What if my victory in Christ is more comprehensive than what I'm walking in? What if, the, what if God's passion and purpose is more profound than my imagination can conceive? What if, just what if, this thing is better than what we even imagine? What if the good news is really, really, truly some good news? What if, uh, what if, church, what if my life in Christ is meant to be more than what I'm living? I don't really know that anybody can get excited about what we are not excited about. If your team is out there playing and you're sitting on the bench and, and it's not their team and you're trying to convince the person to cheer for your team and you're like, whoa, did you see that throw? That was a good throw, wasn't it? Or if you're eating a if you're eating a new pastry from a freshly found bakery, come on now, cinnamon and sugar and pecans and roll it all up and now you've got heaven in your hand. And you take a bite of that, how is it? You don't want to share it, so you're like, eh, yeah, it's all right. I don't know if I'd buy it again. But if you know there's a limited supply and you're trying to convince the other people, of, hey, you need this. You're going to want this. This is the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. You need to go up there and get you one. You need to make a trip over to that bakery and pick up that cinnamon roll. Let me tell you, it's, it just melts in your mouth. It is just like causes the, 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 your mouth just to begin to water. As you look at it, your eyes will begin to bug out. You can smell the butter. You can smell the cinnamon. Oh, my, anybody hungry for a cinnamon roll? I think I'm selling it. Amen. But my God, let me tell you, our gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that much and more and even more than that. All that we can imagine, just what if? The good news is gooder than we realize. Amen? Bad English, but not too bad preaching. But if this good news is really good news, that he truly Honestly, emphatically, radically, I love the song, recklessly loves us. We'll stop at nothing. 
to pursue and to capture us. And he doesn't just want to capture us. He wants to bring that love. And with that love, he wants to infuse that love in you so that now you can not only be a, a person who loves God, but you let the love of God flow through you. And oh, wait a minute. You've been down to the bakery, haven't you? How do you know? Well, because you got to, you got cinnamon and sugar stuck in your beard. And I can smell that butter on you. Oh, my God, let us get some people going to the house of the Lord and say, oh, I have tasted and seen that the Lord, he is good. Just what if, just what if this thing is better than we've imagined? I'm telling you, just give them A for effort. And we've tried to, we've tried to formulate this thing. I'm talking about the church of the, of the modern age. We've tried to communicate this thing. We've tried to make it palatable to this one and to that one. And, well, I'll give you, you come in over here and we'll let you out over there. And we won't keep you beyond the time. And we'll just make everything so convenient so that you can conveniently show up. and You can conveniently receive. And, uh, folks, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a least bit against and understand I'm not throwing rocks at the church. But what I'm saying is, folks, there is something so good that we need to taste and we need to understand that what if this thing is better than what we even began to imagine? Did you get excited about Wednesday night? I, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You, you're excited you wouldn't be here. Thank you for showing up. After COVID, I'm just glad anybody comes. But hear me, what if, what if, what if there's more joy than sorrow? What if there's more hope than heartache? What if there's more power than problems? More freedom than failure? More peace than fear? What if, what if? Oh, the Lord's just asking us this question. What if you begin to believe the way I believe? What if you begin to believe about yourself the way I believe about you? What if you, what if you begin to believe that you can do all things through me who strengthens you? What, just what if? Just, just what if that the joy that you're looking for here, there, and yarn that you can discover that all you got to do is turn and look to him who's the author and the finisher of your faith. And there is an untapped reservoir of the joy and the hope and the peace of God that just waiting there for you, for you to reach up with faith to turn the knob and see the floodgate begin to open. Oh, what if? What if? Now, we look here in what captured my attention in this passage of scripture was the horn of salvation. Anybody ever done a study on the horn of salvation? Fascinating study. But the horn of salvation as David is describing in language that he understands in language that a Hebrew would understand. He said the horn of salvation. And so we look over to, we look over to Psalms 148 and we'll get there in just a minute maybe. But the horn of salvation would be when two, two bulls would go out into a field and 
ultimately they're going to fight till one wins. So the fight's not over until one of them one of them is either laying dead or running out of the field. You've seen the the Rams that that butt heads, and you said, "Yeah, I know, I'm married to him." No, no, no. You've seen the. You seen the uh, you seen the animals in the wild. You see, I say they run at each other. They clash horns and they uh, they do that until ultimately the strongest one is left in the field. That's what that means. The horn is the strength. It's a symbol to Israel. It's a symbol to you and I. Is that that horn? is a symbol of victory for the oppressed. He is the horn of my salvation. It was Hannah that said as she sang her psalm and her song to the Lord, the Lord has exalted my horn. Now, in the, the book of Psalms, I probably shouldn't get into the deep detail of this, but it's so, it's so wonderful. The, in the book of Psalm, it is, it is laid out, it is actually the book of prayer for the exiles. The book of Psalms. Now, the book of Psalms, uh, it has an introduction, which is the first two, first two books, Psalms 1, Psalms 2. And then there are five books, and then there's a conclusion. And the first, the, the first book, I won't go into all of the chapters, but the first book uh, is about David and his kingdom. It is about temple worship and him longing for a temple. But we know that David didn't see a temple, did he? But he was teaching, the, the, he, was, he was instructing, he was showing, he was illustrating to the would-be exiles one day that they would be longing for a temple that had been destroyed. He was teaching them how to pray. Then you get into books, what was it, books uh, uh, one and two, that's David's kingdom. And then you see the book three, that's the tragic tale of the downfall uh, of Israel and how that they just refused to follow after the things of God. And so they were carried off into Babylonian captivity. See, Psalms is the, the retelling of Genesis all the way to the coming of the Messiah. Then in book four and five, there is the rekindling of hope of the Messiah on the other side of exile. On the other side of exile. And then we have the conclusion, which is Psalms 146 through 150. And this is the conclusion, just praising God for what he's done. Just magnifying the Lord. You notice the last five books of the book of Psalms. It's just praising God for what he's done. Now, in Psalms 148, it, it draws, the, draws the line, bring all the conclusion all the way down as he is declaring praise the, in the heavens, praise on the earth, everything in the earth, everything in the heaven and the earth, everything that has breath, it ought to praise God. He gets down to 148. And here in verse 14, he has raised up a victory horn for his people. Who's that talking about? It's talking about the one who won the victory in the valley. 
It's the one that everyone is looking for. It's the one that that that, that all of the psalmists, all of the all of the prophets, all of the every every sacrifice that was made was pointing to him. Every prophet that uttered his voice was talking about him. Every every all the imagery it was talking about the the perfect man who would walk and reconcile man back into the Father. The horn of salvation. And then we go all the way to the book of Luke, verse 1, verse 69. And here is Zechariah. His son John is born, and they're at circumcision. And now he begins to his prophetic praise. And as he begins to prophetically praise God and magnify him, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He wasn't talking about his son. He was talking about what his mission of his son would be. And the mission of his son would be to declare the horn of salvation, uh, that victory has been brought, uh, that he is pointing to the one uh, who went to the field and rose up uh, and completed our victory. My God in heaven, what if we believe what God believed about us? Uh, what if we understood what God understands about us? Uh, what if, uh, as David says here in, in 2 Samuel 2, in verse 2, it says, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my rock. What is David talking about here? He's talking about the foundation. What, what if the foundation is sturdier than what I even believe? I'm going to sit here until y'all catch up. What if, what if, what if the foundation of Jesus Christ, no other foundation can be laid. The rock speaks of foundation. What if the foundation of Christ is strong enough to keep you from falling in the midst of a flood, keep you from crumbling every time a, a crisis comes along? What if... The foundation is sturdier than I even know that he's more faithful than I can even imagine that he will keep me in the midst and he will hold me steadfast. And when I feel my knees are knocking and I feel my heart quaking and I feel like I can't make it another minute, my God in heaven, he is, as David said, I've got the experience. I don't, I've got the emotions of joy because I've taken the understanding of what God has done and I declare to you that he's my rock. He's my fortress. The righteous, any righteous in the house? Anybody got free Sunday? I got free Sunday. I, I, got, I got liberated because the, the liberator was here. He, you can't have liberation without the liberator. Without, you can't have the liberty without the liberation. And he's already brought us out. He's a fortress. Oh, my Lord God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and are safe. If I'm living in fear, I'm not living in the name of the Lord. If I'm living in the name of the Lord, I'm not living in me. I'm living in him. 
He's my rock, my foundation. He is my fortress. He is, church, my deliverer. The deliverer has truly, what if the deliverer has truly delivered us out of it all? David is here declaring to you, even as he said in Psalms 34 and 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me of all my fears. All my fears. He delivered him from Goliath. He delivered him from Saul. He delivered him from backsliding. He delivered him from all of Israel's enemies. He delivered him from Absalom. And he delivered him from his own sinful passions. He delivered. What if? Just, just asking the question. What if this thing is more complete than what we, we realize? What if there's more victory than we're thinking? My God, my God, my God, my God. Open our heart and our minds. Open our spirits. Lord, you deliver, you have delivered us out of all our fears. The fear of man, the fear of the future, the fear of the past, the fear of the present, the fear that grips me and wakes me up in the middle of the night, the fear that, that grips my heart when I think somebody's encroaching into my, into my territory, the fear that rises up when my ego's being tapped on, my fears that are, that what, 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 what if? This thing is bigger we have comprehended what if what if the deliverance is more complete than what we realize what if his strength in me is greater than the force against me just what if what if as David said, the Lord, pull it up there, Andrew, if you will. The Lord, just leave it up there if you don't mind, the scripture, Second Samuel. Now the day of the Lord is delivered. Let's go to the next verse. The Lord is my rock. He's my foundation. The Lord is my fortress. He's the one that protects me. He's my deliverer. Let's go to the third one. The God of my strength. Every time you are faced, every time you're faced, every last single time that you face a challenge, our go-to doesn't need or continue to be drawn. The source of our strength is not ourselves. It's not by might, nor by power, but by thy spirit, says the Lord. See, if I draw my strength from my strength, my strength is going to fail. Even the youth are going to faint. Even the young men are going to falter. Even the, even the youth, that strength that they have right now, it's not going to last forever. When I was young, I used to like to try to pick up everything that I could. When I got a little older, I learned to get some help. 
Now I've reached an age, I am just as happy to let somebody else pick it up. Any gray hairs or no hairs in here? Amen? I heard there's three ways you can have your hair. You can have it parted, unparted, or departed. I don't know why that came to me, but anyway. So as we, as we look here, folks, I'm just asking the questions. What if? What if I would stop looking at me? And comparing others to me every time that I have something come up. That I stop being the elder son in the house that's always pointing the finger at the one who doesn't deserve it and I deserve it and he got it and I didn't get it. What if, what if I stop being the one who, who wants it without any responsibility or relationship and I just want to run and blow it? What if I realized the son telling the story is the one living inside of me? What if the son telling the story is telling you, I have reconciled you to my father? You don't have to draw from your own strength anymore. You don't have to. If you need wisdom, just ask me. I'll give it to you. If you need strength, just ask me. I will impart it to you. If you need shelter, don't worry. I've got you covered. When we go out, we go out together. When we come in, we come in together. When we walk in space of a giant, we're facing it together. If there's a financial need, any financial needs in the house, when you face that, child of God, you're not facing that by yourself. The enemy may be trying to trying to devour, but don't worry. You got seed the ground. You got trust in the Lord. God will take care of His children. And as He takes care of His children, you're not drawing from your strength. You're drawing from His. And so you just look at that and say, "Well, I don't know, Lord, what you're going to do about this. And I don't really know because I don't have it here, nor here, nor here. And I don't have it here. But Lord, I just figure you got it somewhere. And so I'm just going to trust in you. I won't trust you. Take care of it because I'm your child. And Lord God, you will provide." What Whatever it has, whatever needs I have. Don't that feel a whole lot better than what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? <laughs> Lord spoke something. Hey, just a whisper today. Just a whisper can change everything in your entire in your life. He just whispered and said, son, stop looking at yourself and look at me. I said, shoot, gosh dang. That's pretty good, Lord. Stop looking at you for the strength and the wisdom and the counsel. You're not the end all, been all, and do all. You can't do it. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not wise enough. You're not cunning enough. You can't. And let me tell you, when you get to the place of surrender, you're not even going to want to. Your warner is going to be thrown out, and you're going to say, Lord, I, I, when I was young, I wanted to carry this burden. <laughs> and I got a little older, and I thought, well, maybe I can get some help, and somebody else can help, help me carry this burden. But, Lord, I'm just in a place now I'm tired, and I just want to rest in you. And, Lord, I just want you to carry this load, and I just want to walk in grace. I don't want to deserve it. I don't even want to have any credit about it. I just want to trust in God. I just want to believe that your strength is enough. See, it's not that the Lord doesn't want to help you. You're just too stinking hard-headed to let him. I mean, like, oh, you hit me right in the center of my, 
offense target. <laughs> Pull back that arrow of offense. It didn't, it's not hard to hit it because it's so big. Shrink that target. It'll do you all kinds of good. Quit being so offended and fretting over every little stinking thing there is. I ain't never coming back. Well, go mess some other place up. I know I probably really did offend you on that one. But hear me, what I'm saying to you, it's not doing you any good because you're trying to. You're holding on to it. You're too much in control. You're too Another question the Lord asked me often, what are you going to do with this faith? What are you going to do with this faith he's given you? That faith that attaches only to him. What are you going to do? Are you going to exercise that faith? Are you going to initiate that faith? Or are you going to sit on it? Aren't you going to sit on it? When the enemy's camping around outside your house, you got faith, child of God. You've got the resources. His name is Jesus. He is already there. Quit being so stinking hard-headed and let him in. You get in him. I know the crowd's down a little bit tonight. Maybe because the Lord wants you to know this is for you. You can't deflect tonight. Oh, I know that's for old sister so-and-so. She needed it. She's not here. It's you. Aren't you tired of living in that fear? What if he's your strength? The horn of my salvation. My God in heaven. You know what I'm looking for? I'm, I'm seeing it. I, I, but I want to see more and more and more. I'm talking about Sunday morning. I want you to whoop out. Whoop out. That's whoop. Whoop. That's the way we say it around here. Whoop. I want you to whoop out that squirt gun and chase the devil back into hell. Amen? Because you are so overwhelmingly encouraged and strengthened and you're convinced and you're not of those who shrink back in your righteousness. You are as bold as a lion because the lion of Judah lives on the inside of you. He has gone into the field. He has defeated the enemy. He has destroyed him and every domain there is to be destroyed. And now he has come and he's cast him out of your garden. And now you can sow the seeds of faith and you can walk in victory because he, as David said, oh my God, I was young and now old. Yet have I seen the righteous forsaken of the sea begging bread. My God, my Savior, my Lord, and my King, you're all I need. You're all I need. You are all I need. What if? What if the plans that he has for you are so much greater than your imagination? What if the power inside of you is exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or even think? 
what if he did and has and continues to strengthen you, not with your strength, but his own strength in you? What if he has genuinely made you the righteousness of God? I'm telling you, I'm reading the word of God in a whole new light. I love those domino effects, don't you, Pastor Angel? When you get those revelations, it's like click. And everywhere you look, you're like, oh, my God, I'm the righteousness of God. Look at that. I got a strong tower I can run in. The righteous, uh, the wicked flee when no man pursues. I'm not wicked. I'm not I've got a new nature. I'm not the wicked, the crook, the turn, the ones that, that, that shrink. You're not the wicked. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Why? Because their confidence is not in their strength. It's not the spiritual calisthenics that you went through. It's not because you prayed enough. It's not because you read enough. It's not because you've done enough. He's done enough. And I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I am, you are, the righteousness of God. I am innocent, I'm approved, I'm accepted in the beloved. I can't do this without him. Who would? You know what the Lord Jesus came to bring? Ultimately, he wanted to bring us into fellowship. Hebrew word for that, Cornelia, bring us into fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, in order to do that, he had to offer forgiveness. But see, forgiveness is available to every person who will step in to relationship with him. Because forgiveness that does not bring a heart repentance and a nature change will not lead to that fellowship. See, it's not just the forgiveness of sins. See, a lot of people think they got their card punched. I'm forgiven. I've said the prayer. God's forgive me. Out the door. Do what I want to do. Come back. It's not just the forgiveness that he's interested in. It's the nature change that brings us into fellowship. Oh, Lord, look what I did in your name. I cast out devils and I did this and I did this. And the Lord said, depart from me. You never knew me. See, don't get it twisted. We are not universalist. What is universalist? They believe everybody's saved, they just don't know it. It is a sad. Nor do we believe in a religion that teaches that only a select few are going to make it in. Because they have been pre-selected. But what we do believe is that you are predestined in Christ 
to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, to your sins be forgiven so you could enter into a relationship and your nature change, and now you no longer have this sin consciousness because you are the redeemed, the righteous of God. And now you are walking because you have victory over sin, you have victory over Satan, and you have victory over self. Your nature has changed. If you fall back into those areas of shortcomings and self-destructive behavior, it's not because of your nature. It is because you don't understand what he has done for you. It is an understanding issue, and it's driving your thoughts, which are driving your emotions. And the Lord said, I can deliver you out of the emotions as much as I've delivered you out of sin. What if... This work is completely complete. What if you are not missing anything for victory? What if your strength, that's what I say about my strength, I know bodily exercise profits little. It does profit. You can't be here without a body. Take care of yourself. Amen? Take care of yourself. You can prolong your days. You can continue the work of the Father. But let me tell you, this old body is going to return to the dirt one day if the Lord tarries. But if he comes, see, Jesus became sin for us, but he didn't remain sin. He rose again. He became sin for you and I. And when he rose from the grave, he was in his glorified body. But he was righteous. And he made us the righteousness alongside him to bring us into that fellowship with him. Oh, church, this is good news. This is really, 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 really good news. God likes you. God loves you. It's one thing to love, but you've got to love everybody. We had this brother in our church years ago, and that was his, he was his stance. He would stand up there and say, every time we'd have a testimony service, the pastor would offer one. It wasn't, it was, I wasn't pastor, and I was just starting, there, starting out. He'd get up there, God is loving. You've got to love me. Every time I heard him say that, I was, like, I was thinking, you could make it a little easier. So I'd walk away and I'd think, you know, I love him, but I sure don't like him. I don't know if you can have one without the other. But you know what? God not only loves you, he likes you. You know what he wants? He wants to spend time with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to walk in you. He wants to sit down where you sit down. He wants to converse with you. He wants you to hear his voice, and he wants you to discover all that he has in store for you. 
Son, I haven't been withholding from you. Everything I have is already yours. To give to your brother is not to take from you. Can't you see my heart? Can't you come into the house and rejoice? There's no one taking anything from you. Your inheritance is secured. It's yours. It belongs to you. I'm going to die, and it's going to be left for you. It's yours. And the Father's saying to you and I, my son died and left you an inheritance of hope and joy and peace. And it wasn't just an inheritance. He just likes to bless his children. But the greatest, the greatest inheritance is the treasure of the relationship with God. And he's become our sanctuary, our safe place, a place we love to run and to set. Amen? What if, church, what if? What if the gospel, the good news, is better than what you have imagined? What if you really don't have to live in fear anymore? Fear of failure? Fear of being found out? Fear of somebody getting too close to you and you're like, eh. Talk to the hand. Yeah, I don't see you. Do the Walmart dodge. You know what I'm saying? You just pop in on a Saturday morning. You hadn't fixed your hair. You got your pajamas on and you just running in. I'm going to get those eggs and bacon because I want breakfast. And you run in, you're like. Yeah, I'll see you in a minute. I forgot my hat. Now, who in here has never done that? Who in here is guilty? 18 honest people. Father, I pray tonight in this house. come to the absolute understanding that Lord our victory I know I know Father I approach and God I feel the desperation in my heart I feel the sadness in this room There are those in here that they don't believe you like them. And they keep avoiding you and they keep running from you. And all along you're wanting to bring them in and give them the power to overcome the very thing that they're drawing from their own strength to overcome and they can't figure out why they can't get it done. Because the strings lock within themselves and say, no. Lord, God, if you don't bring revelation, we're dead in the water. We're just dead in the 
the water run. If you don't let the wind blow in these days, we are not going to move. But I feel your heart because you're the one asking the question. you to stand in this room right now. I'm not looking up. I'm not asking. We usually respond to give. I just can't keep my eyes closed. But if you're at a place right now and you're saying, you know what, this is not just lip service for me. I want victory. I want God to show me how to walk in victory. I'm not looking at somebody else to blame. I'm not shaking my fist at the Father. I'm not saying the devil's stronger. I'm just saying, Lord, I want you to teach me to know you as the horn of my salvation. If that's you, just lift both hands to the Lord and surrender. Just lift both hands in the Lord and surrender just right now. Come on. Come on. I'm not looking up, so I'm expecting whoever's going to respond is responded. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my God, we come before you right now. We ask in your name, Lord God, for victory. Victory, Lord God. God. If, Lord God, I pray tonight, Lord, if there's anything that I could do, Lord God, beyond what I have done, Lord, I just ask you, Lord, you to show me right now. God, let the horn of salvation, Lord God, let the victory, Father God. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are the horn of our salvation, Lord God. Come on, let your voices be heard tonight. Come on, to begin to magnify God. God likes you. Come on, God likes you. God likes you. God, let there be a revelation, Lord God, not only of love, Father, but like. Lord God, let us, Lord God, understand that, Lord, you, you not only love us, Lord, you like us. Lord God, but you like us, Lord God, walking, Lord God. Lord, you want to give, Father God, gifts that we cannot even begin to imagine. Lord, you want to let us walk and rest. And, Lord God, defeat the enemy because, Lord God, you are able could you follow me in prayer just for a moment or two? How many in this house want to see a breakthrough? Come on. How many in this house want to see a breakthrough? I want you right now just to begin to pray. Let your voices begin to lift. We're going to pray. If you're watching online, if you're listening right now, just begin to lift your hands. My God, we believe there's a breakthrough in this house. We believe that, Lord God, you're going to ask more questions. Lord God, you're going to ask more questions that you are already the answer to. And, Lord, I believe, almighty God, Lord, there's going to be breakthrough in finance. There's going to be breakthrough, Lord God, in, in homes. There's going to be breakthrough, Lord God, in health. There's going to be breakthrough, Lord God, in joy. Lord, there's going to be breakthrough, Lord God, in anointing. Lord God, we're going to walk, Father God, in anointing. We can't even fathom. Lord God, there's going to be a river that begins to flow, Father, in this house. Lord, my God, Lord, what I feel tonight. And, Lord, it's because of what I believe. 
believe. There is a revival, Lord God, that you have waited, Lord God, to this day. And Lord, I believe in the name of Jesus. There's a release. There's going to be some revelation that what has come against you is not God, but it's the enemy trying to distract and thwart and stop you. You're going to see the enemy for what he is. You're going to chase that thief out of your yard. You're going to see him for the rabid dog he is. And you're going to take the stick of the word of God and you're going to chase him out. He's come to get your peace and your children and your home and your marriage. You're going to rise up. There's a lion beginning to roar inside of you. No more, no more, no more. In the name of Jesus Christ, we want a breakthrough. We don't want to be like every other church. We want to be the church that you've called us to be. Lord, we want the power of the presence of the Spirit of the living God to be evident in this house. Lord, we thank you tonight. Lord, we feel we have pierced the heavens, Lord God. Shut up some voices of the lying enemy, Lord. We're going to walk in victory. We're going to walk in peace. We're going to walk in joy. We're going to sleep in the midst of the storm. We're going to get up and cast the devil out of the, the untamable. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Before we close tonight, we're going to take an offering this evening for our missions. We're going to pray for the Royal Rangers, Russia and Ukraine. Patty had presented a need uh, and asked in the fellowship meeting we were in last night. There are Royal Ranger programs in Russia and in Ukraine. There's also a large fire Bible distribution that's going on right now. There are missionaries that we've talked about that are not just in Poland, that they have slipped over into Ukraine, giving humanitarian aid, convoy of hope, uh, missionaries on the ground. So look, we're going to pray tonight. We're going to pray for a dethronement of a madman and pray for the salvation of souls. Amen. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And Lord, we come to you as, as sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, we come before you, Lord, tonight, Lord, believing, believing, Lord God, that, Lord, the work of the kingdom, Lord God, that, Lord, is going to continue and further, Lord God, that there's going to be a generation that rises up, Lord God. Lord, every determined, Lord God, is going to be destroyed, and every madman, Lord God, that's taking lives and souls, and it's going to be stopped. And Lord God, weapons are going to cease to work. And Lord, there's going to be salvation, Lord God, and and Lord, the debauchery, Lord God, that is taking place in those countries, Lord God, is going to be destroyed. And Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that right now, Lord God, that our brothers and sisters, Lord God, not just in the assemblies of God, but Lord God, those in the kingdom of God, I just pray, Lord, your protection upon them, Lord. I pray for your safety and miracles, signs and wonders, Lord God, that you're going to use, Lord, as a testimony of your faithfulness. And Father, I just pray today, Lord God, as we give, Lord God, let us give liberally, Lord God, to see the furtherance of your kingdom of God. But Lord, we know that, Lord God, you, Lord, are a missionary, Lord, and you have caused us to be missionaries, Lord. And Father, we can't just see the souls around us, my God. We see them around the world. And Lord, I just pray tonight, God, for your blessing, Lord God, and Lord, for the salvation of of souls in the conflict, Lord God, to cease, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in this house said amen.
Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Saturday morning, 714 prayer. See you out here Saturday for the 49ers and also Bibles and Burgers. God bless you. You are dismissed. Empty nesters. What did I say? Oh. Oh. Don't forget about the books in the room back here. Please take all you want. God bless. You are dismissed.